Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, yo, Pro Wrestling Podcast listeners, help us out and click subscribe to show your support. And while you're at it, shoot on over to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Podcast to join the Fro Podcast family and get exclusive benefits, including shoutouts on our episodes. And for our biggest contributors at the $50 level, guest hosts a live episode of the Fro Wrestling Podcast with me for one of our Saturday Night Live broadcasts. And don't forget, this Saturday Night Live broadcast at 9.05. We're doing it. Do, going live at 9.05. That's what we're calling it from here on out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Fro Wrestling Podcast. This episode, we have all the fallout from the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. We have a few tidbits and things to talk about going on in the world of professional wrestling. As we go through the show, feel free to call into our Fro Wrestling sound offline at 267-642-1160 and make sure you shoot us your questions, comments, and concerns, whether it's something we're discussing tonight, something in the wrestling world we didn't talk about, or just something you have a question about from the past. And when you do that, it's a talk-to-text hotline, and I will get your messages and I will address them on the live broadcast episode Saturday night. So make sure you check that out. If you want to get started fan voting, we have we are getting down to the nitty-gritty. We have our last 64 teams in our 256 tag team tournament going on right now. The actual links are live. They're at frolifeplanning.com slash fanpoll. Or if you go to our start page, frolifeplanning.com slash fropodcast, you can access all the features of the Fro Wrestling Podcast and get an up upfront look at the different topics we're going to be discussing in our episodes so you have an idea of what it is we're going to be discussing. So... Let's get things started tonight. We have a lot to talk about. Extreme Rules was a phenomenal pay-per-view. We're going to go through match by match. We'll talk about news and rumors. Let's get started with Kalisto in the kickoff show defeating Apollo Crews. This is yet another time where a couple weeks ago when you see Kalisto and Apollo Crews get in the ring, you saw the quick win for uh, Kalisto. It was okay. You know, it was entertaining. It was fresh. We had we had seen Apollo Crews and Kalisto be very close on SmackDown. This was kind of a, uh, a way to go away from that. But we're only three weeks into this program, and it already feels old. They already did the thing where Titus O'Neil cheated to get a win. This was an opportunity for Apollo Crews to go heel. This was a chance for him to not want to hold the tights, but he does it anyways to get the win. And then he makes the Titus brand happy, but he's got this inner turmoil because he doesn't really want to do it. And you could have built on that. That's the kind of storyline they really should have been focusing on here. And instead, that's not anything like what they did. 
They ended up having Kalisto get the win due to some interference by Titus O'Neil, and that I don't see a positive end to. In the, sec- the actual kickoff match of the actual pay-per-view, one of the best matches I've seen out of The Miz and Dean Ambrose for several months. This was a fantastic Intercontinental Championship match. No champion's advantage in this match. The match went back and forth. I actually kind of I love the booking of the ending of this match. Really solid top to bottom. There was action going on. The Miz was really hitting every spot possible. Um, if anything, Ambrose may have been the one who looked a little more gassed in this match. But the ending sees, you know, there's a great moment where the Miz comes up and he he's in danger and he tells Maurice, slap me, slap me in the face. And she slaps him. And then the referee starts threatening, hey, are you with Ambrose? And he's threatening to disqualify uh, Dean Ambrose. And then instead he sends her to the back, which, you know, was interesting that they didn't go with the obvious angle of she causes the disqualification just to win the championship. They send her to the back as she's going to the back. The referee's yelling at her. And while he's got his back turned, the Miz shoves Dean Ambrose into the referee. The referee turns around. He sees Ambrose. Again, you think this is going to be a disqualification and a title change because that's exactly what it looked like leading up to the pay-per-view. But they did the right thing. The referee doesn't disqualify Ambrose, but it is a distraction, allowing the Miz to creep up from behind and hit the skull-crushing finale for the championship win, Intercontinental Reign number 7 for The Miz. Tonight on Raw, he will be kicking off his uh, his reclamation of this Intercontinental title, and it'll be something interesting to watch. But in the way that they did this, they booked him strong. He looked great. He looked like a really savvy in-ring performer, and he looked like a great technical performer. I love this performance out of The Miz. I appreciate Dean Ambrose being so gracious to put someone over in such a great way. Two true professionals in the ring last night, and I was really really impressed when you get into the next match thoroughly disappointed not because of who was in the match the next match was Sasha Banks and Rich Swan. they defeat Alicia Fox and Noam Dar there was one really great high spot where Sasha Banks is on the turnbuckle and she dives off and rams the double knee into Noam Dar taking him down to the ground outside the ring Um, of course you have Rich Swan hit his finisher but the match itself was like five minutes you know, this was something you really could have built something around. So Rich Swan now has strategically positioned himself in a, in a manner where he could legitimately challenge Neville for the Cruiserweight title, as has Sasha Banks. She can now lay claim to being the next one in line for a shot at the Women's Championship, which I would be okay with, again. But instead, when you rush the matches like this, you don't give them time to develop a storyline in the ring. It kind of pulls away from those things. It makes it look like they're glorified squash matches. And that was okay back in the 1980s and early 90s, but we're, we're over that. We want to see actual action, especially when the talents that are in the ring are as talented and skilled as they are. We go to our next match. Alexa Bliss takes on Bailey. She retains the Raw Women's Championship in the kendo stick on a pole match. Thoroughly frustrated with this match myself as well. I actually, unlike a lot of people online, I enjoy the fact that Bailey gets the kendo stick and she cannot bring herself to use it. I actually like that. See, a lot of people before the pay per view were saying Bailey needed to go buck wild and crazy and cane the snot out of her. I didn't need to see that. This was perfect for me, and I'll tell you why. Because Bailey now, when she finally does snap, there's not a weapon out there. She could be malicious. 
just heinous when she finally breaks character and I don't want to say goes to the dark side, but she comes out of that shell. That is the only way you could reclaim her character because right now she has been buried on the Raw roster. There is no reason to keep her relevant when she's getting decimated in five minutes by the current Raw Women's Champion. However, if she comes out on Raw tonight and just totally obliterates Alexa Bliss and goes like crazy and plays like a psychotic character, you could totally buy it. The only concern I have is is that WWE wouldn't want to do something like that because she has such a following with the children who push her merchandise. Other people are saying that this was a way to eliminate Bailey from the world championship picture for a while and let somebody else step in. That is also a possibility. Either way, these two ladies deserve more than five minutes, and that's not what they got last night. They got a real short change on the time. Sheamus and Cesaro, the new tag team champions after winning the cage match for the tag titles over the Hardys. The ending was very interesting. Jeff Hardy made it out of the ring. Uh, before Matt did, um, it caused an issue. He had to come back into the ring, and he performed a high spot, which left him pretty much comatose in the ring, making it so Matt had to try to drag him out of the ring to get out the door, while Sheamus and Cesaro go over the top, and they end up dropping to the floor first, winning the tag team championship. I actually thought this was an amazing tag team match. I know we've seen these guys matched up multiple times in the last two months, but... They really tore it down here. This was main event quality. This match right here, I'm just going to be honest. This reminds me of the days when the Road Warriors and the Horsemen would headline a pay-per-view. You could have made this a main event match. That's how good this match was. Great tag team storyline. This is probably leading to a split for the Hardys. Matt going his separate ways from Jeff. Jeff, you know he's in line for a huge singles push. At some point, they want him and Brock Lesnar to be in the ring. That's the rumor floating around the internet. Um, I don't know why. And, of course, we want to see the Matt Hardy versus Bray Wyatt thing at some point if they can ever get this broken character nailed down. But this is clearly looks like something is going to lead in that direction. The next match, we have Neville. He wins the submission match against Austin Aries to retain the Cruiserweight Championship. I had a huge problem with this because you have now completely destroyed any credibility Austin Aries had as a main event performer in the Cruiserweight division. He's lost three times to the Cruiserweight Champion. He needed a win here, even if it was a Schmaz win. He needed a win, and they didn't give that to him. And now Aries, it looks like they're going to try to repackage his character in some way. My personal preference would have been for someone to get involved, an Elias Sampson or somebody on the main roster who's not a cruiserweight. If you weren't going to give him the cruiserweight title, give him a way to transition to the regular roster. Put him in the ring with people like Finn Balor, people like Samoa Joe. He can hang with those people. He's proven it for years in Impact Wrestling. He was Impact Wrestling World Champion. If he can do that and he can hang with people like Bobby Roode and people like James Storm, then he can certainly handle himself in the world of professional wrestling in WWE style. But you gotta build him the correct way. Whatever you do with him now, if you repackage him, he cannot be that dominant force that he once was in Impact Wrestling. So I think this was a missed opportunity, but Neville retains. In the main event, Samoa Joe defeats Finn Balor, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and Bray Wyatt to become the new number one contender to Brock Lesnar's universal title. That will take place at Great Balls of Fire. They released the logo, and the logo is god-awful. There's definitely some innuendo in that logo. I'm I'm just going to leave that as it is. That match will be phenomenal. My only frustration is the rumor is that this is a one-off where Samoa Joe will challenge Brock and lose so that Brock can go on to face Strowman at SummerSlam. I'm okay with Braun facing Brock. That's well overdue. My issue is Samoa Joe is the level of talent that we would like to see face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Okay, I had hypothesized that they would give it to Bray Wyatt because they have done so much with Bray Wyatt, and you're not going to kill Bray Wyatt's character by having him lose to Brock. That would have been my way of booking it. 
This putting Joe in there makes it so you have to fast track a feud that really could have gone on for months and months and months. And instead, you're going to have to put this match out there and then quickly transition into Braun Strowman versus Brock if you want to make that match happen at SummerSlam. The only thing that could change that is if Braun Strowman's not going to be back in time, which today's news tidbits start with Braun Strowman. He is advertised for a match against Roman Reigns on June 18th. That would indicate to me that he's due back much quicker than WWE had originally stated. So, if that's the case, this is a huge miscalculation giving it to Joe at this point, at this juncture. He should have been getting the match after SummerSlam. Maybe the Survivor Series or something going into December before the Royal Rumble. But no, they did this way, and this is a horrible way to waste what could have been a long-term, phenomenally well-booked feud. Not to mention that Joe is not as over as a lot of these other talents. I'm not knocking Joe. I love Joe. I think Samoa Joe is one of the best talents in the world. But he's not... Roman Reigns. And I'm not saying I love Roman Reigns, but he's not Roman Reigns as far as popularity. Roman Reigns is the number two merchandise seller in the company. He's not Finn Balor as far as popularity. He's not Seth Rollins as far as popularity. He's not Bray Wyatt as far as popularity. So when your ratings are tanking, put in a bona fide stud who could boost your ratings. And I'm going to say it whether people like it or not. That's Roman Reigns. You need to attract an audience, and right now you're not. They should have given this win to either Bray Wyatt, like I said, if you were going to do the one-off, or giving it to Roman Reigns and worked on a different plan for Mania next year. Like, oh, I don't know, Samoa Joe. You could have done that match at Mania and it would have meant a whole lot more than putting Roman Reigns in there for a fourth straight year in the main event. Moving on to the other tidbits of the day. Going back to the Hardys for a second. Losing the tag titles at Extreme Rules is very interesting. There's like this weird karmic relationship with their tag title loss. If you look at their career, the last time they held the tag team championship in World Wrestling Entertainment was back 10 years ago. And they won the tag team championships from John Cena and Shawn Michaels on April 2nd. This year, they won the tag titles on April 2nd. That year, they lost the tag titles. Exactly 10 years to the day of last night losing them to Sheamus and Cesaro. Very strange, very interesting, and you gotta wonder if somebody purposely did that, or if that just happened to be. Because WWE's not known that that's pretty long-term booking, if you ask me. But yeah, I understand that's not what they did that on purpose from 10 years ago, but what I'm saying is, is that WWE usually doesn't put that much thought into these interesting coincidences. That just kinda happens. Also in the news today, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3 was announced. It'll be a lead-in for SummerSlam. I love it. This is like one of this to me is the WrestleMania for NXT every single year. I look forward to seeing the match cards start to come together over the next few weeks. Former TNA talents Rosita and Gunner have now officially signed with World Wrestling Entertainment, along with a host of other independent stars. And it looks like they're really going through a talent acquisition phase. In addition, UK stars Pete Dunne, Tyler Bate, Trent Seven, Wolfgang, and Mark Andrews all have signed new deals with WWE that's going to let them go to the Performance Center and get their training in, get accustomed to the WWE style, but focus their energies on the United Kingdom brand, which they are now saying they want to try to put together a bi-weekly program for. Should be a very interesting time for British wrestling, and I think it's a beautiful thing when they've got such a great product over there, that British strong style feel is really something that's connecting and resonating well with the WWE audience. So I'm really impressed with what they've been doing, and I'm hoping that at some point that leads to an even bigger presence on the network for us fans here in the United States. And I'm not trying to like, you know, take apart progress in ICW where a lot of these talents also wrestle, but 
you know, WWE is the biggest stage of them all. I think WWE should indoctrinate these other programs into their network, make a deal with them, publish them on the network, so it looks like they're paying all the production for these other shows, and then make their shows just stellar, spectacular, so you can see the difference. But we'll have to see how they work it out. And the last tidbit of news I want to throw out there today, because when I read it, I was like, this is money waiting to happen. Kenny Omega came out and had an interview where he made his intentions known. He wants to have a big money main event style match with AJ Styles. He didn't claim to say where he wants to have that match, what promotion, when to have that match, but it is something that is definitely on his hit list. He likes what he's doing now. He likes being in New Japan. He likes his spot on the card, but at some point, he wants that main event level match with AJ Styles. And speaking of AJ Styles, and this is kind of a tangent from what I had planned to talk about, I got a little frustrated. I read an article this week on Yahoo.com talking about how WWE is never going to push AJ Styles correctly because of his age. He turned 40 this past week. Well, you know what? John Cena is 40 as well, and they're not going to bury John Cena yet either. John Cena is going to come back and win the world title in January from Jinder Mahal. Right? That's the current plan, supposedly. You know, John Cena, AJ Styles, some of these guys who are getting up there in age, even heck, Chris Jericho wasn't a spring chicken but was in a main event program. Just because you reach 40 doesn't mean that you can no longer be pushed as a main event talent. I think that article was completely out of line, and I hope to God that WWE never falls into that trap. AJ Styles pretty much brought that brand back to relevance uh, single-handedly, especially the SmackDown brand when he was uh, running the show over there. So I hope they remember that in the long-term booking. That's all the uh, time we have for this episode. Check back with us next time. We'll review Raw, Rundown, SmackDown, do whatever we got to do. Special thanks, as always, out to bensound.com and purpleplanet.com for producing all the music and sound effects in today's show. Today's podcast was sponsored in part by Bezel Games. Bring a new friend to family game night. It's easy with sketchy people. Showcase your artistic side in this new game from Bezel Games. Go to www.thegamecrafter.com slash games slash sketchy people to pick up your copy today. And to alleyrepair.com, Contact Alley Repair today for servicing of all your classic skee-ball, pinball, and arcade game needs. Be sure to shoot over to our website at FroLifePlanning.com for all of your higher education needs as FroLife Educational Planning is for today, for tomorrow, and for life with FroLife. I'm Fred Froelich, better known as Mr. Fro. I want to thank you for taking a few moments with us today. And if you're looking for more wrestling news and rumors, go to TSJSports.com slash WWE or www.tsjsports.com for the latest articles on the world of professional wrestling. I put up a new article today all about my solution to the part-timer problem that WWE keeps encountering. Until next episode, take care, everybody, and be safe.